Hello, and welcome to the Lacrosse Matrix podcast, where stats make the story. Please enter the matrix now. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to episode number 52 of the Lacrosse Matrix podcast, where stats make the story. As always, I am your host, Adam Levy, and I am so, so excited to be here for another amazing episode of the Lacrosse Matrix podcast. Today, I am recording on Friday, May 5th. Yes, it is Cinco de Mayo, but more importantly, it is the beginning of the 2022-23 NLL playoffs it is finally here, everybody, the postseason. I cannot believe it, and boy, is it going to be a good playoffs. I can feel it in my bones. The playoffs kick off on this Friday night with Halifax, the Thunderbirds, heading to Hamilton, Ontario to play the Toronto Rock. Last season, these two teams met in the same position in the postseason, and Toronto edged out the Halifax Thunderbirds, in an OT thriller, one of the games of the season. Last season, if you remember, the playoffs was filled with so many nail-biters, games that went down to the stretch, the Rock included in so many of those, and that all started for them with this amazing overtime game against the Thunderbirds, where the Thunderbirds had a couple of opportunities in the dying moments of that game to win, but Nick Rose stood tall, and the clock was not the friend of the Thunderbirds, and then in that overtime period, the Toronto Rock won on a Challen Rogers breakaway goal. This time around, the Thunderbirds are looking to flip that script and, and win in Hamilton, win on the road to move on to the conference finals. That would be so exciting for this franchise and also so exciting for the city of Halifax, which is shown how much they love the game, love the box game, and so it's great to see the support that that team has in a region that has not been very known for for box lacrosse. It's So it's amazing to see how the fans have gotten behind that team, and this week, or this episode, I should say, because we've had a couple of episodes already this week, and we've got one more coming out tomorrow, I'm featuring the Halifax Thunderbirds' Jake Withers, a record chaser, and he did get so close to setting one record, almost two, but we'll get into that a little bit more. At first, before we head into the Matrix, I am going to leave you with our numbers of the week, because we've got two of them, and then we will dive deeper into the Matrix for some, some delicious nuggets. And your numbers of the week this week are 238 and 360. So without further ado, let's dive headfirst into the matrix and find a ton of nuggets and have a great conversation with our featured guest this week, Jake Withers of the Halifax Thunderbirds. And I did have an extended conversation with Jake recently this week about the upcoming playoffs and his season as a whole. I did just want to run through a few of these nuggets for you, uh, diving right into the numbers of the week. So Jake Withers had an amazing season. He was 
everything but a Fogo. It was unbelievable how many ways he was contributing to the Thunderbirds this NLL regular season. He collected 238 loose balls, which is the fourth most in a single NLL season, only behind Jeff Snyder, who had more than that twice. He had 244 loose balls in 2008 and 2000, or sorry, 245 loose balls uh, in 2010. And then the record, which is held by Jay Thorenbert, which he picked up 246 loose balls in 2015. So doing a little bit of uh, simple arithmetic there, you notice that Withers was only nine loose ball recoveries away from breaking the NLL single season record. And then going to face-off wins, and of course Jake is very known for his face-off abilities, but as I said, and as you see with the loose balls, he can do so much more than that. And we have more evidence that he is more than just a face-off guy. Withers won 360 face-offs this year, which was only two behind Trevor Baptiste's record set in 2019 of 362 face-off wins. So Jake, again, oh so close to being a record setter, but to be that close in two different categories in the same season, it's really special to see a guy put up numbers like that. And I have to say what's even more impressive about Jake Withers' numbers is the fact that he actually did miss a game this season, and there was also the game where he was ejected, uh, so he didn't even play about a game and a half uh, of this NLL regular season. So had he been in for that amount of time, obviously I think it's pretty clear that he would have broken both uh, the loose ball record and the face-off win records. But just to, to hype Withers up a little bit more, not that we need to, the defenseman also posted 12 points, two goals, and 10 assists for 12 points, and then also added 15 caused turnovers and even nine blocked shots. So there really wasn't any category where Jake wasn't giving it his all for his team. And in my conversation with him, you will hear how passionately he feels about the team aspect of the Thunderbirds and how much he wants the team to be successful and how this team wouldn't be where they are if this wasn't a full team effort and a, a whole unit working together. And it's interesting, and I, I did apologize to Jake on this, and I don't normally push guys uh, when it comes to getting an answer for a question, but a lot of what I love to do on this podcast, and I, I love to to share love and share nuggets and, and give guys the credit they deserve, is that sometimes individual efforts do need to be applauded, even if the team had a lot to do with it. And so I did really want Jake to say something about his personal efforts, even though he clearly uh, wanted to to focus on the team. And I totally understand that. And I totally respect that decision. Uh, so a, a little subtle apology uh, or a small apology, I should say, to to Jake for, for nudging him a little bit just to, to give me an answer on his own play. But clearly in, in his position, you know, when it's grabbing the loose ball, setting positions up for, for uh, cause turnovers, face-off wins, everything, you got to work with your the guys around you. And I think it's been uh, indicative of the season that he's having, how much his teammates have been helping him. So it's, uh, it's great to see how much of a, a team guy, a big team guy Jake Withers is. And uh, without further ado, I'm, I'm going to, 
play my conversation with Jake as we dive into so many things about this season, including the upcoming matchup tonight against the Toronto Rock and another face-off magician in TD Erlin. Those guys have gone head-to-head twice this season, and Jake has had the better of that matchup both times. The closest time was in the Halifax Thunderbirds win back on March 18th. They split the season series 1-1. and The Thunderbirds won the last game 14-12, and Jake won 18 of 30 faceoffs, while Erlin won 12 of 29. And then Phil, or excuse me, Adam J had one uh, faceoff taken, and he lost that one. So it was a, a much closer battle than the first go-around Uh, When these two first faced off, and that was back on January 14th, Jake won 20 of 28 face-offs, while TD won only 9 of 30. And I think it's fair to say that I've rambled long enough and and given you enough nuggets, so let's head into the conversation with Jake. And uh, we also touched on some UFC. It's been great talking some UFC action with Jake. He's a big UFC fan, and you'll, you'll hear about his first memory of going to a UFC uh, uh, event. Uh, he saw fights uh, about a, a 10 years ago. Very exciting for him, and uh, I was telling him, as you'll hear, uh, my wife and I and some friends are going to uh, the UFC event that is coming here to Vancouver in early June, right after the NLL playoffs will be concluding. So it is very exciting to to finally get to talk to Jake about the UFC because he is a big fan, as am I. You know, the first thing I wanted to talk to you about was uh, we can focus on this season first, just because it's been such it was such a great year for you. Uh, it's no surprise to anyone that you were so close to breaking the single season faceoff record uh, held by Trevor Baptiste. Was that something that you were uh, keeping an eye on uh, coming into that last game? And uh, what can you say about a 360 win, uh, a face-off win season for yourself? Uh, I mean, first and foremost, it just shows how good my teammates are, obviously, and you know how good uh, you know Mikey and Billy and, and the rest of the, the coaching staff is that uh, you know aligning. Um, us up the middle and, and, you know, putting the pieces together um, on our unit. Um, how hard those guys work for, for me and, and, you know, one another. And, um, you know, we found success this year, um, maybe a little more than others because of that. Um, so, obviously, it's a, it's a tutelage to the guys that, that, uh, that surround me and the hard work that they put into it. Um, and, uh, you know, I... You know, like I think any other face-off guy or any other guy that, that takes face-off, you know, you peek here and there at, at the statistics and, you know, kind of your numbers to make sure that, um, you know, you're doing your job and, and doing it to the best of your ability. Um, you know, but at the same time, you know, it, it doesn't, doesn't really, you know, kind of affect, affect me or not, you know. I think I'm most concerned for me, you know, I just kind of focus on every game, um, every opponent I, I kind of face up the middle um, like the rest of them and, and you know make sure that, that like I said before we're, we're always aligned you know that the group of the year of us five and you know a lot of the time especially this past season uh, so far uh, you know we've done a good job of that and you know it's kind of showed off statistically and um, also you know showed off in, in, the, in the standings 
And so it is interesting because, you know, you do take a little bit uh, off, uh, a little bit of pressure off of the guys considering the fact that you did scoop up a, a career number of loose balls this year. And I, I don't have the number of where you picked up those loose balls, but I'm sure a lot of those came off of the draws and <clears throat> that that helped you out. Maybe you were picking up more of your own face-offs than, than maybe one of your guys on the wing or somewhere else, but... Uh, what can you say about your ability to scoop up 238 loose balls, um, and, and just for for a season? Because that is uh, it is one of the best uh, all time or all time in a single season. Um, again, I, I think it goes back to just my teammates. And my yep. teammates, you know, working their their asses off for me every single face off. Yep. Um, you know, on the defensive end, whatever. Whenever a loose ball presents itself, I'm, I'm going to try and do whatever I can to get that my stick or, or my teammate's stick. So, um, you know, I think that's what the base on it, obviously, uh, promotes more opportunities for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, think, I think you can see across the league, you know, guys that are, are on base on me, it doesn't matter if you're the, the actual guy taking the draw or if you're one of the guys on the line, you know, you're more uh, predisposed to, to be able to pick up more ground balls. get into a little bit of the technique of you know what makes you so successful uh, I just wanted to to get I uh, get a quote from you just you know understanding uh, I know that you're still uh, in the in this playoff race and you're focused on the playoffs but when you look back at this regular season you know as I said so with the the loose balls uh, your 238 was the fourth most all-time in a single season uh, your face-off wins was the second most all-time when you hear that and you can see how much you accomplished in different statistical categories in one season, I know that uh, you've been praising your teammates a lot, but when you look back in the history books that, you know, it's your name that's on there, what does that mean for you to, to be reaching those kind of heights when you look at how long you've been playing this game? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's 
but <laughs> I'd be long, I'd be, I'd be, you know, dead wrong to do that, right? Yeah. It's something that I, I guess the only thing I'll touch on is, is I guess personally, I, I think you know, going, you know, being in my my sixties, and I think it is. I, I guess that makes up a lot with COVID, but you know, I guess being a veteran presence now, having some uh, some years and some seasons, and, and you know, they got me out of the second game. So, you know, gaining more experience and being at a point in my career where, um, you know, you know I, I, I definitely had a, a lot of battles uh, up the middle, and I faced a, a lot of very, very good players and a lot of very, very good teams and units. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it kind of allowed me to, to kind of get a different perspective on things and, and uh, you know, kind of utilize different strategies and angles and, and, and things that can help. You know, I know myself, but, you know, the, the, the four guys that I can hear you now. And that, that'll be the last question that is solely surrounding you. Uh, you know, I, 
I, I totally, and I, I, it's the same message I get from every single guy. I, I do recognize that this is a, uh, a team sport. Um, but you know, they, the, the, those are things in the record books and, and, you know, I, I guess sometimes I project and don't like to recognize my own accomplishments. And so I find it nice if, if players can do the same, but what I will say is that take me through then what it's like, um, you know, because you have been praising your teammates, and, and obviously it does take more than yourself to, to win the faceoff. You, you need guys to help, uh, you know, push the defenders or the other players out of the way to get the ball, things like that. Take me through what it's like talking with your teammates, preparing with your teammates on the faceoff so you as a faceoff unit can be as successful as possible. What is that like preparing uh, during the week to be the best at the faceoff? Uh, for your your unit out there. Yeah, so for me, it's uh, it's very easy. I mean, in in, in my uh, my situation with the guys that, that battle for uh, for me and the rest of the boys every single night, they're they're, they're very selfless guys that that will do whatever you know I ask in the coaching staff or the team ask. So that, that's very easy. You know, kind of relaying any sort of strategic uh, message to them. Um, but you know, kind of actually only focusing on the, the strategy and the tactical side of it. I mean, every every matchup, every unit we face is uh, is totally different. So, you know, and like I, I touched on earlier in the interview, it's, uh, or in our discussion here, it's, uh, it's something that I've, uh, you know, I've kind of accumulated experience and knowledge, you know, from the indoor and outdoor game, you know, college, junior, whatever it may be. And, you know, it's helped me kind of, uh, Develop and, and evolve uh, uh, my craft and my position, and uh, you know, kind of help me as well. Kind of take uh, an objective kind of view on it as opposed to subjective, and kind of lean on the, the four guys around me uh, more than I would maybe in the past. So mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just kind of you know, taking into account you're facing, you know, not only at the X but uh, the dot, or uh, you know, the other four guys that surround me, kind of. So when you talk about, you know, planning and strategizing and looking forward to TD, what can you say about that matchup? Because uh, I think that's on a lot of people's radar as as a key, probably the most exciting face-off matchup uh, in this uh, quarterfinals round. So 
Um, take me through what that's going to be like uh, for for you to go up against a guy who you you faced quite a lot uh, or a handful of times now uh, in the NLL, but you obviously know how capable he is. What is that matchup going to look like between you two? Talking to to Cody Jamison uh, yesterday, and you know, I know that that this is a new season, and you don't want to harp on uh, you know things that have happened in the past necessarily. You know, you even mentioning that you know the the regular season is in the past as well. So, is it is what happened in last year's playoffs? Is that just a distant memory? It, does that at all matter to any of you to to want to have redemption? Or is that now some kind of just uh, footnote in the past that, that is irrelevant? Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't think it's, it's something that uh, we're really paying that much attention to. 
And then, so, you know, I, I, I think that one thing, and it's a message I've heard uh, from the coaching staff, from some of your teammates as well, and, and you kind of just alluded to it about, you know, maybe not playing at your, your best uh, that you guys could to this point. But you guys have been on your best stretch, uh, uh, maybe excluding, obviously, the 17-7 the loss to Georgia, but winning five of your last six. And in those five wins, you've scored 14 goals. Uh, the defense has played pretty decently. So uh, you've obviously done very well at the Faceoff X. So what has been different uh, for you guys in this final stretch here? And how much momentum does that give you and confidence does that give you heading into the playoffs? I don't think we've really limped in this year like we kind of did in, in the past. Um, I think if you look at a lot of teams that make these playoff runs, and even like a, you know, a Mammoth last year, who in a Calgary, even in 2019 or whatever that was, like, uh, you know, it, it's obviously great. And, and like I, I, I kind of uh, touched on earlier in the, in the discussion here, it's, it's great to have a successful regular season, obviously, and, you know, kind of get that mojo and that group with, with, uh, with a good lineup. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, being able to play this game out, out in Halifax would have been obviously a little, little better than having to play um, in front of an away crowd. But, you know, at the same time, I, I think it's definitely, um, you know, something that uh, that we're, we're happy um, to be in this position where, you know, things are starting to click. We're starting to get some continuity with, with – you know, the old D up the middle, Warren's kind of feeling himself and then and, and having some great games. So, yeah, you know, definitely being in this position is, is better than, than uh, the, the alternatives. But, uh, I mean, it, again, it, it really means nothing if we come out and just, you know, shit the bed or, or you know, have a have a bad game. So, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, being in a, in a good position where we are, you know, all in a, a good kind of cohesive position mm-hmm. um, is great. And it, it's something that... Uh, we're, we're kind of glad we, we played this foundation and kind of hit our stride or kind of found ourselves uh, a little bit the last, you know, five-game stretch or four-game stretch. So, yeah. So you know, something that we can hopefully continue to capitalize and, and uh, use to uh, have a big win this Friday. So, obviously, uh, it would be great if you guys could win on Friday and probably even a little bit more for yourself. Uh, I know that we've talked a little bit um uh, over, about UFC at times, and so I wanted to just ask you a couple questions about that. Uh, obviously, on Saturday, really big fight coming up, a couple of huge fights at UFC 288. Um, have you had a chance to look at that card, and who do you think uh, is going to shine in, in those fights, and uh, is there one fight that you're particularly interested in? Yeah, you have, is that the Sterling versus Cejudo? Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I, I've, I've been following, I mean, the last uh, pay-per-view that I watched was we had a little team trip down to Florida on our bye week, and we watched it at, at uh, Kurt's place there in Orlando. It was awesome. We watched the Pereira-Adesanya fight, which was just amazing. Unbelievable. Like, I, I, I love the game of lacrosse, don't get me wrong, but there, there's nothing there's nothing like watching stuff like that, you know, with, with uh, a group of your buddies, and, and you have one yelling at the TV. Um so it's, it was amazing. It's, it's something that I consistently, you know, love to, I just look forward to it so much every Saturday, you know, after big wins, if, if there's a, you know, if we line up with a, with a big card or a big fight that night, it's something that I, I, I mark on my counter. I can't wait to enjoy it with my, you know, my friends and family or my teammates if we're on the road. Yeah. Um, you know, 
speaking of the, what the 288 you're saying this weekend? Yep, yep. 
I still think he could be the, the uh, what is it, the welterweight, the welterweight champion. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of my favorite divisions, and he's definitely one of the, the top guys, in my opinion, that could very easily be the champion at some point. I'd love to see him fight, uh, him fight Colby. Uh, it's it's interesting to see what happens there at the end of the year with that, with that division with, uh, with my boy Leon Edwards. Uh, yeah. He's, yeah, no, it'd be very interesting. Um, I, uh, I'm actually very excited because uh, uh, the UFC is coming to Vancouver in June for UFC 289. That's the uh, Nunez. It was um, Pena, but uh, she, I don't know if you heard, but she uh, broke her ribs apparently. So Irene Aldana is stepping in for the the title fight there um, for UFC 289. Um, But yeah, that'll be my first UFC fight live. I I can't wait for it. It's going to be so great. Uh, Oliveira's fighting Duryesh. Um, Ige is going to be fighting um so yeah it's it's gonna be a, a very very cool card have you ever been to a ufc event yes i went in 2011 uh at the uh, it was, i think it was the rogers arena at the time in toronto yeah when uh gsp i think fought jake shields was it anyway yeah, i know Roy mcdonald fought on it and i think he fought eight years honestly and then mark, wow mark hammond or mark Yeah, we've got a, a group of us. Uh, uh, we're all sitting in the in the nosebleeds, but I I imagine they'll show the fight on the uh, jumbotron, and it's more about just being there. So yeah, it, uh, it's we got the tickets uh, on pre-sale, so very excited about it. That's awesome. So yeah, I mean, anywhere you sit there is gonna be awesome. Um, yeah. I, I remember I got uh, I was in, this when BJ Penn was still somewhat good and relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, he was selling his BJ Penn shirt. Yeah, wow. Um, Yeah, I, I'm very excited. And before I just let you go, uh, how, how's uh, how's the family doing? Uh, young child at home, obviously. How how has that been for you? Dad is, is definitely, you know, people say it all the time, and 
you can maybe if you're not in that position think it's very cliche, but it's definitely uh, the best job in the world. So uh, Claire, my partner's been a, a rock star, and she's uh, she's been do, doing a great job with her. Um, so it's uh, something that we're consistently trying to get better at, but at the same time, it's something that uh, you know, I wear trade for the world. So yeah, it, gonna, I can't wait to. She's gonna be our first animal game uh, this weekend. So it'll be amazing. Just over a, just over a month old. So. Wow, very cool. Yeah, I uh, I will say, and I was talking to uh, Jim Else about this the other day. Um, it's uh, and I've spoken to him about all with all the new fathers of the league uh, because my son he's uh, twenty months old as of two days ago, and it it does change your life. It changes your perspective on things, changes your priorities, and uh, really uh, kind of uh, rearranges the the way that you look at life. So it's. It is uh, game changing for sure, but um, it is a it's a special experience, and uh, I'm really happy for you and your wife that you get to have that experience, and uh, especially during this special time. First game is going to be amazing for you guys. Thank you again, Jake, so much for the time, and I appreciate your openness and your honesty about the team's performance and about your performance and about the expectations and what you guys are going for this year. I think it's going to be such an amazing and exciting game tonight in the quarterfinals of the NLL playoffs against the Toronto Rock. That is going to be a game that nobody is going to want to miss, and uh, I cannot wait to share my experience regarding the UFC with you after I go to the event in June. Now, that does bring us to the Lacrosse Matrix podcast poll of the week. I had asked you, with Jake putting up the numbers that he did this season, this regular season in the postseason and in this opening quarterfinal matchup, will he be an X factor? 70% of you said yes, and 30% of you said no. So thank you for participating in the Lacrosse Matrix podcast poll of the week that you can find on my Twitter at Adam Levy NLL. Please participate. It's awesome to hear what you guys think and to hear your voices and Get everyone's take on on whatever the poll is. You can always find it pinned at the top at Adam Levy NLL. Now that is going to do it for this episode of the Lacrosse Matrix podcast. As I said, there is one more episode this week that is coming tomorrow that is going to be covering the Rochester Nighthawks goaltenders. And that is going to be ahead of their first ever playoff appearance tomorrow night against the Buffalo Bandits. But until then, tonight we have Halifax headed to Toronto or headed to Hamilton to be more specific, and then Colorado headed to San Diego. That is going to be an incredible matchup in its own right. Thank you guys so much for joining me again for this episode. It was a lengthier episode, so I do appreciate you taking time ahead of tonight's playoff matchups to listen in. Have a great and amazing night watching the games, everybody, and we will talk very, very soon. 